So I have this favorite quote that redirection is actually a blessing. It sometimes redirection are a blessing because it will lead you towards things that you actually never knew you love. Hey hey hey, this is Edward and you're listening to the Dreamcatcher Quest podcast. This show is about conversations with people who have magically and smartly achieved their dreams, their bucket lists, and life goals. Anyway, I hope you'd enjoy this episode and happy dream catching. Alright, we're back to the podcast. It's me again, Edward. And today we have a special guest. I met her in the university when I was still younger. <laughs> I found out when I started traveling that uh, there was this girl all over YouTube and Instagram, free diving and traveling and taking photos. So when I made the list for my guest, I was thinking like, maybe I should invite her. And thank God that she's available for a guesting. So this is it. Instead of me really introducing how I see it, I'd like her to open up and tell you all about who she is and why I think she's very interesting and fits really this category of being a dream catcher. So sunshine take the floor oh okay hi guys i will just start by introducing myself so i am sunshine miguel yerba but you can just call me shine Lord yerba so that's actually my name on my social media platform so right now i live in cebu city philippines so i remember edward as this host of this podcast telling me like three years ago that if he could actually invite me for a podcast so that's that time I never actually really thought seriously about it. Until he messaged me on Instagram, then oh my god, it's really happening. So actually I listen to a lot of podcasts like this since pandemic. I listen to random podcasts that talks about goals, life, business, freelancing and any random stuff. I listen to it. So I'm actually excited and happy to be part of this podcast because I never really thought that I could be actually guest in a podcast and I could actually hear myself. <laughs> so let me tell you my background. So as Edward said, we came from a same school in University of the Philippines in Tacloban. So at that time, when you told me that you were going to interview me about dreams, so at that time, I actually thought about when did I start dreaming? <laughs> I don't know, but maybe at that time when I was still young, I was really still building up my dreams. But I never really thought that it was actually my, I had a specific dream because my background was business management. So I thought like I could be a flight attendant because I wanted to explore the world. And then I wanted to take up tourism and also an artist. Then I actually told myself that I will not work in a bank because at that time I remember people work in a bank like they are very serious like they don't have really fun life then I eventually landed my first job working in a financial institution and working in two banks in the Philippines so that's my first job so at that time I did enjoy my job in the bank but there was like something this inner voice that I telling me that it's there <laughs> But it kept going for three years. But don't take me wrongly. Like the working in bank are good. Like I was able to hone my skills, and it was a good training ground for me. It was just like an extension of my college, because it was I had a lot of challenges in working in bank because it it you have to work under pressure. So then came twenty eighteen. I took the leap of resigning from my job. And then pursuing a dream of being a flight attendant there. So that started there. I mm -hmm. quit my work in a, the bank and then started applying for FA. The journey of my dream is very, very long because I applied in Manila. I went to Manila. I applied for several international local. I applied like countless times. I can't even count on my fingers if how many times did I apply. Maybe 20 times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At that time, what I did was before applying, I actually invested so much in myself. So I was thinking that if you have more skills to offer, then the chances of getting hired is higher. So mm -hmm. I enrolled in a lot of courses. 
So the first course that I enrolled is I actually got myself certified as a first Red Cross first aider. So maybe it you know when I apply mm-hmm. for an airline, I can be hired easily. Mm-hmm. Then the next one is swimming. Uh, swimming is one of the skills that in an airline is requirement. Although you can actually it can actually be learned in the training. But I wanted to have an edge, so I I enrolled in uh, my first swimming lesson here in Cebu City. And then the funny thing is, I really don't know how to swim. Like even like floating, zero floating. I don't even swim on beaches and and then pools. So it was really hard for me. It was like an actual impossible for me to learn that skills. But because of my how do you call this? That my drive for my dream of becoming flight attendant. I was able to learn how to swim. That continued. I discovered that I actually enjoyed swimming. And then at that time, I was going back and forth in Bohol and Cebu and Manila. So my source of income of that time was I was working for my father. He has a consult- consultancy. So we were working in for local government units. At the time, I was traveling, <laughs> applying, and then getting into courses that might actually give me a chance to get hired in the airline industry. So at that time, the journey wasn't easy, actually. <laughs> there was a, like, a time like I was getting unmotivated. Like I want to question my dream. Like I've done so much, then why, why am I not getting hired? But, you know, this UP spirit, never say die. So I didn't give up. Go fight. Yes. I yeah. am not, I am the type of person that I usually don't give up. Like, it will take a long mm-hmm. time for me before to give up. So, what I did was, I enrolled in further courses. So, my swimming, I already did diving. So, maybe I'm thinking that maybe if I could free dive, then maybe actually it could strengthen my resume <laughs> again. Then if they will see it as an advantage and then they will hire me. And then only eventually, like, I was pursuing my dream of being a flight attendant. I was actually building another dream that is, like, higher or, like, more fit to me. But I didn't realize it easily at that time. Because I was so focused in my dream of, you know, being a flight attendant. Because I invested so much in that dream. Like, it was even costly. But it's not the amount of money I spent it, but. It was for my experience. So at the time, I saw a freediving video that inspired me because I was getting unmotivated. Because in applying in airlines, the waiting process is tedious actually. Like you actually have your first interview for in this month, then they would actually call back after three months, four months. That's too long. So it was kind of like the waiting is like in vain. So at that time, I was questioning myself if I really still want to do this but still I didn't still give it up so I enrolled in free diving and then when I was in Bohol that was at the time I got to practice my photography skills that's where the time that I started like blogging <laughs> like blogging like I will take a picture and then this I will post this on my Instagram and in my Facebook I will call even myself as a blogger <laughs> because I was traveling in Bohol so that was like a nice. lot yeah I have friends like like asking me if I'm a blogger <laughs> actually I'm not I was just enjoying taking pictures in Bohol because there were a lot of scenic scenes in Bohol that were really nice so that was the time also that I was able to unleash the Dora Explorer in me like I um, I went caving in Bohol that was extreme, not just the caving. Like I had this experience that in somewhere in Bohol, in Cherabulliones, we had to, the hole was very like, how do you call this? <laughs> Good Narrow, for one person yes. only, but you have to yes, crawl. Yes, yes. And then inside, there was like a water. Uh, water. Mm-hmm. And then before you can reach to the other side, you have to swim underwater. Oh, uh, that's nice. So That's if you're nice. claustrophobic, no, you can't survive yes. there. You could actually even die because there is like falls in inside the cave. So the path was muddy, really muddy. We had to mm-hmm. crawl, climb, something like that. And then mm-hmm. my 
companions there were my office mates so they were all guys so they were encouraging me you can do that at that time i was not yet a free diver so that was the time i think i was actually able to test if i could actually hold my breath underwater <laughs> yeah i was like it was hard because you can't even see like the the water yes yes, yes, yes and yes. it was like good for how many seconds and then if you go back uh, for the exit you have to swim another like there's no other way yeah, so yeah, yeah. imagine if you're really like claustrophobic it could actually die or even if mm. you don't want to like to swim underwater there's no other way but you have to i would do that so i think that was like the. i would yeah really maybe now i wouldn't do that <laughs> so that was maybe my one of my extreme adventures in Bohola, aside from the you know the caving the travel photography and stuff that was the time that my dream was like i discovered photography so i fell in love with photography with actually and free diving so you can see that i was able to question if if i still want to be a flight attendant i was mm-hmm. trying for photography free diving so i was questioning myself but then i didn't give up i enrolled again <laughs> in another course uh-huh. <laughs> and that was for a cabin crew training mm-hmm. but that time i was actually having doubts already i still wanted but there was this you know that the a and b sound that yeah okay, you, you don't want it. No, you want this. Mm-hmm. So I took that course, one and two months training. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was training for free diving. Imagine I was doing all those things. Mm-hmm. Like I was practicing my photography, like practicing, like I was going in Manila, joining photo contests, workshops, like not just like the practicing that I will do photo work. Yes, it yes. was really like an effort. Every day we will go photo work. I'll spend money to join competitions like photo marathons. Yes. But at the time, there were like actually random people who had actually asked, what are you actually doing? Like, if are you a free diver? Are you a photographer? What actually you do? I wish to say both. There was a one time when I was into photography, like my friends would actually like do fun shoots. I would be the model. So there were friends that asked me if I was a model or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of things that need for my dream of being a flight attendant mm-hmm. and then came pandemic <laughs> yeah. so pandemic we had a lot of time to you know ponder on things mm-hmm. of what we really want to do so I actually prayed that time to god if like give me enlightenment because it was really confusing like mm-hmm. if i still want to pursue it because i still want it there was still like a, a how much percent in my Inner that I still want to apply because I want to explore the world mm-hmm. at the time, and it was my dream job. And then finally, there were like months of wondering. Then I finally like had this feeling that I will let it go. Then I will just focus on the things that I'm mm-hmm. actually like doing. Mm-hmm. Then maybe it could actually work. Mm-hmm. I was actually tired of applying, <laughs> so it was like how many times, countless times, I call myself like. I have a high tolerance for rejection mm-hmm. because of that experience in flight attendant. It wasn't easy because you will go to Manila. Like you will, if you apply for a cabin crew recruitment, you have to get dressed, like getting in bun, like makeup. Yes. And then it was just a normal interview. It was like for me an artista search. <laughs> then you will line up outside the hotel with all the beautiful and tall women. Like, we would have, like, 1,000 applicants. It was really a good experience, actually, for me. So that's where I got my, how do you call this? My attitude of, I will not be easily get frustrated on things because I've actually experienced a lot before mm-hmm. when I tried to pursue my dream of being a flight attendant. Do you think there's a remote chance that you would still want to? It might come back and then, you know, you want to wing it. No. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would like just travel around the world. I will just earn money and travel around the world. <laughs> At least I'm free. I don't know if I've already told you before, just to share because I I didn't when I invited you for the podcast. You know what this thing of your FA journey? I think you mentioned that once before. When yeah, I think you mentioned that once, but it slipped out of my mind. And now here, uh, talking with you, I was like. 
Huh, so so this girl here has something common with me as well. I don't know if I told you, but before entering UP, I was already enrolled in aviation school before. I remembered you applied for Cebu Pacific. There, there was like one time you shared it that yes, you, yes, have, yes. you wanted to be a pilot. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah great. Anyway, that thing to me as well. Yeah, just I think I'm just gonna park it here, the idea as well, because I, I, I mentioned this with another guest that I really wanted to become a pilot and I had that experience of flying beside being a co-pilot with a bubble helicopter pilot. Really? You had an experience? Yes, yes. I didn't Ooh, touch anything. I didn't know that. I was beside this pilot. Ah, okay. It was for the Boy Scouts when I w- we were sent for a national jamboree in Sorsogon. And during that time, I was already like fourth year high school. So th- that was the ripe time to really know what you wanted to do. And I mean, at least for university, which courses to take. So I was the leader of the Eastern Visayas outfit. We call it an outfit. So I had the chance. There was only one who was going to be chosen to go fly up and try, you know. So I, I had the chance to get to this chopper. So when I was told that day was, I could not forget that day. That day when our scout leader told me, you know what, since you're going anyway, <laughs> you're going to be graduating, here's something for you. You can fly with that helicopter, that one going down. So this chopper, bubble helicopter, all glass, top down going down and then descending and we were running underneath going to it i right away went to the front seat right away as i said this is something that will will stay with me for a lifetime and indeed it was so after that experience i mean during that experience it was beautiful i could see the whole of the tip of the Bicol region this coral reef underneath and the feeling of descending ascending in different altitudes, it was nice. And the pilot talking beside you, <laughs> all the while reminding you not to touch anything because you don't have any license or whatever. Right. And I'm so happy with that moment that I said I wanted to become a pilot. And so fast forward before UP, I already went to Cebu and I applied through an aviation school and I was accepted for that uh, but then, long story short, that dream didn't materialize. I ended up in UP. And all my dream of becoming a pilot was toast. You know, it just went down the drain. But later on in my adventure in life, especially after the 2013, there was the super typhoon in Tacloban. I was there. I survived that. And then somehow by some stroke of luck, I don't know, I got offered a scholarship to study in Florence. And during that time, I was still considering, I was already old enough. I mean, like, I don't know, 26, 27. So I was like, is this dream still going to be, you know, real? Two years after going to Rio de Janeiro, I was on the plane there vagabonding already. Then I realized that something just like you, I had this reflection while looking through the aisle and the cockpit of the plane opening up and I saw the back of pilots, their shoulders. And I was saying, I think I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be flying planes. Mm. Yeah, I, I felt like maybe this is not for me. I think that the real thing for me is to go around the world, to go to places, to land, to see things, to see cultures, listen to different languages, be vulnerable, not understanding anything that anybody is talking, speaking around me. And that stayed with me. And I understood that the pilot thing evolved into much more complex, much more greater. And now looking back, every time I go to an island alone, winging it, looking at blogs online, and then just figuring out how do I get to this island on my own, just bringing a tent, camping on my own, I get to listen to myself and I said, yeah, 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 yeah. It was much more than being a pilot. I was born to be a navigator, or, you know, a traveler or something like that. I was thinking that I could sort of vlog myself around this thing. But there's just this thing like when I am 
in the shores of a certain beach or in top of the mountains when I climbed up. Yes, I did try to video those things. But as I always remember, the best things are usually moments that cannot be caught by the camera. You just got to put the camera down, just leave that moment. Because otherwise, you're going to spoil it. Uh, so I still think that maybe I can qualify as a vlogger as well. But I still have to reconcile with myself that maybe I can spoil the moment. Because there are moments that are really beautiful. Like, for example, I went on an outreach in a certain island. And then in that island village, this is in Abuyog. I think the place was San Francisco. They have a waterfall. And I went on top of the waterfall. And I did not realize that on top of the waterfall, there's a hole you can fit yourself into, like waist down. So imagine yourself, if you're looking from the bottom, there's a person stuck in the waterfall, waist down, because there's a hole on top of the waterfall before the cascade goes down. Yeah. And I was like, I could not. I will not video that. I have no memory of that. But the feeling is so strong that up until now, that image is just something maybe I could share verbally. So that's how it is. I mean, I think I shared the same experience with you. That's why I asked you, is there a remote chance that that dream might come? You know what? I asked myself that there can be a remote chance that that dream can come. But I think that it has already evolved to having the feeling of flying a metal in the air. That's it. I don't know how I'm going to attract that. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I really want to learn how to fly an aircraft. But if you ask me between aircraft and traveling, I mean, being a pilot is a profession and traveling, I would choose being a traveler. <laughs> traveler. Yes, 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 yes. But it, it was a good excuse, to be honest. It was a good excuse to end up as a vagabond. I mean, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. There is nothing going to waste, you know. Every single thing has its own way of manifesting and telling you, you know what, there's something better. Telling you like, I know you did a lot of effort in this, but just wait and see. Just wait and see. And I got that feeling the moment I got into the top of Rio de Janeiro in Cristo Redentor. You know, the Jesus the Redeemer, something like that. I was able to go to that place. And if, if, you, if you are from that vantage point, you will see Copacabana, Ipanema on the left side, and then Botafogo. Such a beautiful place. And I would say... I wouldn't trade this for sleepless nights waiting for flights. I should bring people from one destination to the other, which is being a pilot. Yes. That's like, yeah. Okay. This is this is me. <laughs> this is me now. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's a side story. Sorry. I, I, I got into it. <laughs> but it just feels good sometimes to, you know, to understand that yeah, there's another person who has the same feeling. Anyway, so could you tell me more about the how you ended up with the free diving? What is it with free diving that somehow it got mixed into your travel photography? How is it any special? What happens to you underwater? What are your thoughts? How do you feel about it? Um, when I discovered free diving, it was something like I actually did it on my birthday. Yeah, I, it was months of planning if I really wanted it to be. But uh, a lot of my friends knew about it. Like, I really, I wanted to be a free diver like that. I would like to like be a mermaid, something like that. And then before that, I was I I saw this free diving video. Then I got inspired from it. Mm -hmm. And then there was like uh, a post on Instagram. If you want challenges or like if you want a challenging like an activity, mm -hmm. enroll in free diving, something like that. It was a course. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a fun diving. So that was a course that there were requirements. Requirements like you have to swim underwater like 25 meters underwater. You have to hold your breath for two minutes. So there were requirements. There was an exam. It was not like an easy course mm -hmm. that usually... You, you would get into if like you're a first timer because I didn't have a background in, in open water mm -hmm. diving. So my background was I can swim like freestyle, 25 meters to 50 meters, but mm -hmm. I was not confident on depths. Like if I would swim on the pool, like I, I will see the depth, 
Mm-hmm. I'm not really that confident at that time. So what I did was to overcome it. I enrolled in free diving. Then I found myself like discovering about this. This is just more. This is something like natural to you, free diving. It's actually like when you get into free diving, when you get it underwater, it is like you're getting in your inner self. Get that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like being under like, if you dive, like we have this line training, you have to forget about the things from the outside world. You just have to close your eyes and get there. So it was just like a mental practice also. It was just also a mental test. Like how could you like forget the, if I could you focus just you, being in your inner self. Mm-hmm. So it was rediscovering yourself underwater. So maybe that's what clicked. That's what I, that's why I love in I'm usually like, love to i'm not really wanted like uh, you know would go with a crowd of people mm-hmm. i like silence in other words but you know i love to travel but i like the i'm enjoying the silence like enjoying the view mm-hmm. so maybe that's why it was easy for me to get into free diving and then when i enrolled in a free diving course i got to meet the the free divers, the, the professional free divers. Mm-hmm. At first, I was actually kind of culture shock because I enrolled in a center where a lot of professional free divers, there were record holders who practiced there. Imagine like I was a classmate and then they were like diving for 40 meters and I was like a newbie. Mm-hmm. So it was like, uh, there was no pressure, but maybe I was like thinking it was kind of interesting. It was really different. It's different from the corporate world, from the city world. It's the, when you're a professional free diver, it's a way of life. Like the, what they do usually when in the morning, they would stretch, mm-hmm. yoga, meditate. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they would eat the right kind of food because it will affect your breath hold underwater. So they were really that. like, <laughs> yes, they were really taking care of themselves. Uh-huh. Like me, I do like take care of myself, but not the, you know, the usual that I will eat junk foods. But uh-huh. the professional athletes, uh-huh. if they have like entered into competition, they were like, um, eat as have a strict diet. Uh-huh. They will like have this training, like not just the training, underwater. It was really, really uh-huh. like focused training. So it was like, oh, what is this? It was professional free diving so the fun diving was in the later part so i enrolled myself in the something in the serious part so it was like oh my god this is like amazing because mm-hmm. i got to meet a lot of international free divers who were record holders which i didn't know then last year i saw on facebook oh my god i had lunch with this world record free diver that was amazing and at that time i didn't know because i didn't know who you were guys i was just this you know student wanted to learn free diving and then maybe i saw this post oh challenging uh challenging activity i love challenges <laughs> so that's what i got into friend i enjoyed it and then there was like this so there were requirements so there was this 16 to 20 meters dive underwater mm-hmm. So I thought that when I enroll there, I could actually test the free diving with flying colors because this UP, UP spirit yeah. that maybe I could excel. So actually I passed the, the pool requirements easily, but I got stuck in the underwater mm-hmm. because I had problems in the frenzel equalization. So there was a time that I got frustrated. So I realized that it is something that you should not, how do you call this? It's a process. Mm-hmm. You should not rush it. Yes. Yeah, you should not rush it because I am the type like I put deadlines on my goals. <laughs> you know, these deadlines, I have to do this. Yes, yes. yes Photography, free diving. So that's for the time that I really got exhausted the, after the pandemic because I put deadlines to my dream. Like, that's why the photography, when I was doing photography, like, it was so focused that, you know, I enjoy many of photo contest mm-hmm. like photo works a lot and then free diving I, mm-hmm. I want to be certified easily mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was a process so that's what i learned in the pandemic that you know when you have this driving goal uh, attitude near goals there's a process mm-hmm. you know it it will take time so yeah. it 
took time also for me to sink in that there were things that you have to enjoy and then let things be. Yes. So there was a time where I had like I had tampo with freediving because why can't I go deeper? Mm-hmm. So and with the other requirements, I easily passed it. Mm-hmm. So there, freediving. Have you tried free? Are you tried freediving? But your your float. <laughs> I haven't really tried free diving in the sense that you I don't know the one that I have in my head is like you have this line that the one you mentioned you have the line training and ah, really the line float. training yes, yes yes I never really tried that I mean I know for a fact that I am a floater so I'm very buoyant so it's very hard for me to push my I look like a frog when I'm going very deep <laughs> deep, deep deep just pushing you know with my legs but if you can hold on to the line yeah 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 I think I have like a lot of <laughs> air pockets in my body but i really want to try that because of what you said that it's like really rediscovering yourself i like it but the feeling of being underwater and there's just utter silence this is just i like it i like that it gives you this peaceful feeling and you get to listen to the noise that it's in your head true Yes, to understand what are these noises that are going on in my head. And I don't know how you might feel it, but holding your breath there, knowing that you can possibly drown, there is sort of like a responsibility to just shut the noise and be be there, to be present. I don't know. That's how I feel with it. When I was able to fulfill this dream of scuba diving, I was able to scuba dive in... in Davao in Samal Island. I was there. Uh, we started at around 20. This is my first dive. Started around 20, 25. And then this guy, my dive guide, he signaled to me, Would you like to go down? So we tried 40. Nice. And I could really feel the pressure, you know? Yeah. Feel like you're getting pressed down, but it felt very good. I understand now why people love diving, those who have chosen that. There's just this piece that there is. There's also a part that is scary because it's a huge space. Let's say you dive in a open water. There's a huge nothingness. And sometimes your mind just starts to tell you there's a kraken coming out or there's a shark coming in. <laughs> you know, you start hallucinating or, or whatever. But... The moment you get to tame that beast, which is your mind, it's fulfilling. Especially when, as you said, it's a process. You cannot just go up very quick, right? Because you can have this, I don't know what, yeah. yeah. You have to do it slowly. You are not in control anymore. It's, it's a moment of surrender. Yes. So as like, this has, when I was able to go do that, I was like, wow, this is, this is an awesome awesome activity so i want to do more of something like that something that can make me feel like that yeah so maybe soon i I don't know i'm i'm imagining maybe after this podcast anytime i could go back to the philippines maybe i can go and hop by where you are i'll bring my daughter with me i know but sorry (laughs) or my wife and we maybe we can try that even just a little i don't know 25 meters 10 meters whatever I think that's a, that's a good thing. I'd love to try that. Yes, yes. And yes yeah. It's a yeah. different experience. Yeah. Never did I imagine maybe in college mm. that I will be diving. Yeah. Was there any occasion that you panicked underwater? At that time? No. You know why? Because I was so focused with my goal. I wanted to be certified easily. Like There was like time that I was having like nosebleed. Really? Because of the pressure. pressure yes. yes. Oh. Because there was a time I came from Dumaguete. Mm-hmm. So Dumaguete, Sikihor. Mm-hmm. Then I didn't have like rest before the training. Mm-hmm. So what happened when I dived? Mm-hmm. I, I had no speed. So those were the things that, you know, that you couldn't mm-hmm. rush. So mm-hmm. I don't know right now because maybe yeah. I, I will train back mm-hmm. this year. So but at that time, I really didn't have like cases of panic. You know, I trust the center because they mm. were all professionals. And if yes, something yes. happens to me, they would just like, you know, yes, <laughs> save yes. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no. 
maybe because free diving it's all about relaxation mm. your mindset correct so if your mindset is like you're gonna drown you're really gonna panic but but mm. my mindset at that time was i want to Mm. Dive is depth. So maybe that's it. Great, great. Amazing. Yeah. Imagine. It's all about like working in your body. Yeah. Kind of- Diving deep into conversations like this. Like I couldn't really imagine. I mean, I'm happy I did this podcast. <laughs> I thought <laughs> that podcasting in a way, you know, to be honest, I, I did several attempts, right? I, I don't know. You have seen here and there. And then I got into the part where maybe it's just not for me. Maybe I'm just, you know, joking with myself. Up until I, I really asked myself, what are you all about? You know, because I had this dilemma, like, you're this typical thing. People say that I'm a generalist. You're, you do a lot of things, but you're a master of none. You know? Yes, I get I also like, a lot of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am like that, like that too. and uh, sometimes it's it has this bitter taste in it because sometimes you would say, like for example, in the freelancing world, you get to earn more if you have a, a specialization. But then I could not really. I think I am following this author. I think I gave you the book before, but this author, yeah. the Four Hour Work Week in Fairy. Four Hour Week, yeah. It's just amazing. He, he wrote this blog about the generalists. And, and he said that the generalists are the ones who rule the world. Look at them. What? Yes, look at them. Look at all of the leaders and game changers. Most of them, you would say that they are praised for one specialization. But when you talk to them on a personal level, they actually do a lot of shit. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah, they're all over. The freelance. Yes, yes, yeah. they're all. I learned that in freelance. Yeah. That, like, you have to specialize for yeah. you to earn more. Mm. But then these high-earning people actually knows a lot of things and do do a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had that mentality since I grew up in a supermarket as well. In Tacloban, we had this uh, vegetable store and carinderia in a supermarket, in Tacloban supermarket. So. I grew up in a world of variety, really. A world where there's just so many choices that you can wield choices. And I felt that the educational system, the moment my life got into the educational system, the world just got narrower and narrower. And that's why I felt like it was boring for me. I started working in a bank, it felt boring for me. I started. In a bank? Yes, yes. You did? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did work in a bank. And it just felt Whoa. narrow for me. So the moment I started yeah. to just, I had this pressure, to be honest. I mean, this is a personal thing. I had this pressure from my university. I'm sorry, Yupi, but I will tell this now. I had this very big pressure from the university to be just somebody in the corporate world. And it just choked the hell out of me. <laughs> really? It, it was hard. I escaped the graduation ceremonies the moment I was cleared. Because I didn't know if I was the only, sorry, this is not bragging, but I, if I would qualify as a cum laude. Mm. I was scared with that. I was scared with that. It's because just like you, I had deadlines and I had grades. I had a table <laughs> at the back of my notebook and I had three options for all the subjects. So if I had this at 2.5, the average would be like this. Okay, if I'm weak at this subject, Maybe I can take 2.75, but the other subject, I'll raise to 1.25, 1.5. Because I was maintaining an average, uh, general weighted average of 1.6. Because if not, I could not finish my studies because I was on a scholarship. Oh, my life. Oh, yeah, Estefan? No, no, no. It was something from a fraternity. Uh, another. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, okay. There was a fraternity in Diliman uh-huh. that made open the scholarship. And I applied for it, and they're it's really crazy. I applied for it only because I saw the poster saying for brainiacs only, and I was like, "Hmm, brainiacs. Okay, let me try it." And then I was the only one who passed that thing. But yeah, still, that was my bread and butter. Financially, we couldn't really afford even UP. You know? this was the only thing. So even 
if there were a lot of opportunities for me, as I'm saying, the educational kind of system was kind of narrow for me because I was actually invited to work in the in the humanity uh, not work uh, to transfer to the humanities division, which I would have loved. Uh, one professor, Professor Aluna, told me that this would be the best choice of your life, and I didn't. Imagine Professor Aluna and Doctor Aluna. She told me, Mister Piastro. What, Mr. My name then was Piastro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Piastro, when are you going to shift to communication arts? And I said, Mom, um, not sure. She said, This will be the best choice of your life. And I turned down that choice because I had to survive. You know, I had to survive. And yeah, and this is for another podcast. You you should have you should have listened to the one that I had guessed yesterday because he's a writer. I mean, more details about writing and literature. But anyway, just going to that, this generalist kind of life, it's kind of hard because oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes we are always competed with another breed of humans who are specialists, only to find out that we never really want a competition. We just want to have experience of a lot of things in life. And I am like that. Yeah, I, I don't want this special kind of thing i just want to try it no i don't want to be like the i don't know best diver or whatever i would just want to try it so yeah <laughs> that's how i am <laughs> anyway i think we're digressing too much but did you, <laughs> did you ever write a bucket list or you know a list that you have a physical list i did i did, mm. I did. remember the time that we we chatted in the time we were you were in Manila. Yes, I was yes. traveling. Then I was a, a blogger or a vlogger. Yeah. Then I did. I, I I forgot what what I replied to you. I did. I did have a bucket list on my phone. Ah. So I remember that photography freediving was included. Amazing. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So when I look back, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really effective <laughs> it is true yes yes that's why i was so fascinated yeah, yeah. with you because you were telling me that you put deadlines to your dreams yeah that's really, that can really help yeah. always tell my friends you know what i don't need inspiration i need deadlines <laughs> give me a deadline and i'll work through the deadline <laughs> inspiration yeah. for me wasn't really that helpful because inspiration is all around but nothing happens so the moment i yeah. said you're self-motivated already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get frustrated because you feel like the universe just has to slam all the resources. But then you have to focus in some way. So just put it in the calendar. It could possibly happen. It might not be a success, but it happened. You know, Yeah. it happened. So, yeah. Anyway, so digressing a lot. Yeah, uh, I think we were able to cover your three, your <laughs> trifecta of of main dreams no yeah is there anything else that comes to your mind that you think our audience would you know be compelled or poked to to be a dream catcher something you can share a lesson uh, yeah a practical thing maybe on my journey what i can say is that it was more of a redirection i had this dream of being a flight attendant and then it it was able not to achieve it and then it but when as i've said uh, a while ago i was first well i was pursuing my dream of being a flight attendant i was actually building another photography and free diving and then i got to realize it in the later part so i had this favorite quote that redirection is actually a blessing it's like it will sometimes redirection or blessing because it will lead you towards things that you actually never knew you love. Mm. And that's, I think, what happened to me. So photography is something natural to me. I mean, I love documenting even I was in, when I was still in college. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize my father was an artist. So it was something natural to me. And then free diving is also something natural because it was like a rediscovering of myself. So I really love discovering my inner self. So maybe advice, if you have a dream, you just have to push it. But there's a process. You have the, there's this process because as you said, you put deadlines on it. Mm. So I was that kind of 
goal setting. I want this. I have this goal, so I have to put a deadline to it. It was good actually to have deadlines because mm-hmm. you will not procrastinate if you would like. I wanted to be a free driver, but when, mm-hmm. right? So it was good. So maybe just have to listen also to your inner voice mm-hmm. because at that time I was so focused in my dream of being a flight attendant. I was so focused that I'm not realizing that there was also this, you know, dreams that came up mm-hmm. that later on I was able to listen to it. Then finally, like, oh, this is the road that I'm taking. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's my my advice to the younger generation that you have this inner voice, whatever dream it is, you have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Really. And then with the challenges that you, it's part of it. Like I had a lot of challenges like I had to overcome. And then success is, well, we have all our different definition of success, right? So for others, it would be the amount of money that they earn. For me, it's something that the experience that I acquired in my life, the challenges that I overcome. So that's for me is, you know, my success. I'm still a work in progress, like in photography and freediving. But I'm enjoying the the journey. I'm still want more. Like, I still want to travel, mm. really travel, and then, you know, do photography and diving maybe in another country, maybe later on. Yes. So maybe that's it. You have to assess yourself, like, with your goals do you really want like sometimes when you are in an environment you get to listen to a lot of things there were like people who will tell you oh you enroll in this oh no you have to be like for example your parents you have to be a doctor Mm. or your friends oh let's get into architecture or something like that so that's my advice to the younger generation and to other to other listening to this podcast and then Hopefully, there would be like more people like you, like us, that could, you know, encourage other people that is pursuing dreams. It's actually, you know, I enjoy in pursuing dreams. So, listen, listen to it. Yes, thank you. And to just keep pushing. Amazing. Yes. This podcast was a dream, and now it's it's real. Now I'm gonna yeah. be doing the post ride. Congratulations. Thank you. And Amazing. Uh, yes, yes. This, as as you said, this thing called redirection and building up one dream. When when one dream seems to redirect you, it's you're actually building up on another one. Yeah. Something that you you'd never thought you would have loved. That's something distinct in this podcast episode. This is definitely go, gonna go down to the show notes because uh, I I didn't expect that it this was your reality. And I share the same thing. Oh. Ah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think that wraps up everything. But before I let you go, I would like to ask you a certain way where people could connect with you to find you. If you have some services you could offer or maybe people could see your portfolio, your stuff, your free diving, photography, etc. Yeah, I have my, well, I have my facebook profile it's shine Guillermo, and it's then stay with my facebook page but i also have instagram same name shine Guillermo, and then i offer photography services free diving not yet. <laughs> maybe someday <laughs> yeah someday it's still a process great maybe if you come back to the philippines then i could actually you know yes, yes. you could actually free dive is there free diving now. for children there is right now. I don't know the age range. Uh-huh. If yeah, there is, there is yes. Because remember that I photograph like kids. I have these models. Mm-hmm. They were free diving this last month. I saw the oh my god, they were free diving in this age. Like wow. What age amazing. range are they now? These children. If I remember, my model was like twelve before the pandemic. So maybe she's thirteen right now. Ah, okay, preteen. All right, all right. Teen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. least I have that in mind. Because my kids, I, I would like... For your daughter. <laughs> my kids, I would like them to try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I will. At least at an early age, they get to, you know, die. Yeah, which... yeah, yeah. And they'll see me floating around. <laughs> you won't. You just have to put weight on your belt or your neck. You won't float. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's for the future. I'll put that in my list now. That's, that's something yeah. that nice. All right. Wow, what a what a nice conversation. We we almost finished an hour, but it was so deep. Not <laughs> <laughs> even sure of what what you know, I was. You know, well, we will hear sharing, later but... on when when this goes published. Oh, but thank you, Sunshine, and I'm so happy that you gave me the opportunity to share yes. this conversation. I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three years ago. Yeah. Three years ago, imagine. I even forgot about that. I remember that. I was even like, I think you messaged me. I was diving in Bohol at that uh, time. I remember. Amazing. Well, I was still on the wraps of understanding what am I really, what kind of content am I really going to share with the world? But now that I figured it out, I was like, uh, first people I have in mind. So I made a list and then started contacting. And yeah. Thank you for Bye. for coming and yeah thank you for your time and so nice to meet you more you know more how do you call that deeper maybe deeper is the best thing uh, adjective to say because you're a freediver <laughs> so thank you so much for your time yeah thank you also have a nice day and i'll just catch up with you soon thanks okay sure bye and there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dreamcatch Request. And please don't forget to subscribe to get notified of new episodes and get inspired to make your dreams a reality. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the whole world to me if you could rate and review Dreamcatcher. And to be always in the loop, please visit our website at my.dreamcatcher.quest. So thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Happy dream catching.